0: Good morning everybody and welcome to this service at SBC, uh, another online service as this lockdown continues, Uh, but hopefully you can hear me and you can see me and it's coming at you nice and clear. The topic that we're thinking about this morning is this one on my left, peace. We've spent the last couple of weeks thinking about love and joy and this morning we're thinking about peace. We're going to be uh, singing about that and thinking about that, praying about that and hearing from God's word a little bit later on. Um, if you missed the church meeting that we had a couple of weeks ago over zoom um the good news is that it's available on our website in the members area so if you sign up to the members area then please do go in and you can uh, pick that up if you haven't yet signed up then please do um, if you're uh, associated with the church if you're somebody that comes along uh, regularly please you can have access to that members area so please do think about that there's lots in there that you, you can uh, access um, different things to pray for and uh, the calendar and things that are happening so please do look into that particular area and you'll be able to see what happened at the meeting and our latest thinking and where we're at. So today, as I said, we're thinking about peace. Let me pray and then we'll head on in and sing. Father, we do thank you that the, the foundational peace that we have is with you, that you have moved heaven and earth so that we can know you, we can have peace with you. Lord, as we think on this great subject this morning, help us to understand, help us to grow in that peace we pray as part of the fruit of the spirit help us to be those that that are passionate about peace that want it that that pursue it and that, that see the importance of it we pray and grow it in our lives we ask by your spirit in jesus name we pray amen romans 14
1: 13 to 21 Therefore let us not therefore let us stop passing judgment on one another. Instead make up your mind not to put any stumbling block or obstacle in your brother's way. As one who is convinced in the Lord Jesus, I am fully convinced that no food is unclean in itself, but if anyone regards something as unclean, then for him it is unclean. If your brother is distressed because of what you eat, you are no longer acting in love. Do not by your eating destroy your brother for whom Christ died. Do not allow what you consider good to be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Because anyone who serves Christ in this way is pleasing to God and approved by men. Let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification. Do not destroy work of God for the sake of food. All food is clean, but it is wrong for a man to eat anything that causes someone else to stumble. It is better not to eat meat or drink. It is better not to eat meat or drink wine or to do anything else that will cause your brother to fall.
0: Okay, as I said, we're in our third week of looking at the fruit of the Spirit. Um, We'll have a break next week because John is doing something different, God willing. I look forward to that. But we've looked at um love we've been thinking about love we know what it is uh, and we know that we've got to grow in it hopefully i've been thinking about that uh, the first week we've been thinking about joy uh, and how sin can rob us of our joy but circumstances don't have to and today we're thinking about peace the fruit of the spirit is peace You know, there's a a Peanuts cartoon. I don't know if you 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 like them or if you used to like them. um, A bit dated, maybe now. But there was a Peanuts cartoon in which Lucy was talking to Charlie Brown, and she said, "I hate everything. I hate everybody. I hate the whole wide world." To which Charlie Brown turns around and says, "But I thought you had inner peace." And she said, "I do have inner peace, but I still have outer obnoxiousness." And that's funny, isn't it? Because we know that actually one should lead to the other. That's the whole point of the inner peace thing. It means that then we should be able to be at peace with the world, with things that are going on outside of us. And of course, for somebody to say they've got inner peace, but still have that outer obnoxiousness. It's a great word, isn't it? Obnoxiousness. Um, we, we see there's a problem. That's why it makes sense. That's why it's funny. Um, and it shows that actually there can be a, a break in the chain, if you like, a break in the link. One should lead to the other now when the bible talks about peace there's really three main categories that it that it talks about and i just want to quickly think about the first two and then spend a bit of time on the third one but the first one is this it talks about having peace with god peace with god and this is foundational really this is the most important thing without this we can't have the ones that it leads on to So in Romans chapter 5 and verse 1 Paul says therefore since we have been justified by faith we have peace with God. Now he spent the first four chapters of this great letter explaining how we don't have that peace naturally just as we are as human beings. He shows us why there's this great problem of sin and it's in the way of us and God and he comes at it from uh, different angles to help us to see why whoever we are whatever our background that we are these sinful people but he then goes on to explain how God has done something to put that right we can be justified we can be put right even though we're not right we can be put right and when we're put right and when our relationship with God is is reconciled and we know him it's like we were at enmity with him we were enemies of him but now we're at peace with him we can be at peace with God it's the first thing we need you know Jesus has gone to extraordinary lengths to make sure that it's possible to give this offer of peace to us we have to accept on his terms he's the one that's done all the work he is the holy God he's the one that we need reconciling to but it's possible it's possible through what Christ has done for us on the cross and we need him And if we accept him and if we know him and if we have that peace with God, then it leads to two other elements of peace as well. So I say it is foundational. The second one is the peace of God, the peace of God. I think this is the one that we often think about when we're thinking about peace. I think this is the one that sort of springs into our minds. We can experience that that inner calm, if you like that. Uh, that sense that everything's okay even in crazy situations even when things are going mad uh, i saw an illustration that i was preparing uh, about an art contest where people had wanted to uh, draw peace they wanted to represent peace through through art and uh, lots of people applied uh, and in the end there was two uh, particular pictures that got through to the final and they waited for this unveiling and which one was was going to win and they pulled off the sheet from the first one and it's this this beautiful scene, there was a, a still lake and, and trees coming over and just a few clouds in the sky, and mountains in the background. You go, just the things that you, you think about peace and, and people thought, oh yeah, you know, surely that's going to be the winner. And then they pulled off the other one and it was, like, it was like chaos. It was crazy, there was a big waterfall and there was a big gale blowing, there was big dark clouds in the air and, and, and it did, didn't seem like peace at all. And then as you looked closer you could see that this tree had grown just next to the waterfall and within the tree was this branch, and within the branch this very small nest, and within that nest was this bird with her young, asleep, all of them at peace amidst all the calm and the chaos and the storm. And really that's a bit what peace is like in this world, isn't it? It's not like the first. The first is, in a sense, it's what we crave for. But the second is the reality. Everything's going crazy around us. It's mad, but we can still know that peace. You know, Jesus said in John 16, 33, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And that comes on the back of a promise in John chapter 14 and verse 27, where he says, peace I leave with you, peace I give to you. Jesus knew what it'd be like. The reality of that second painting is the true one, isn't it? Paul prays that these Roman Christians would know peace. In this letter, in the next chapter, from what we read, in chapter 14, in chapter 15, verse 13, it says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. The word peace. God can come and give us peace in difficult situations, when things around us are going wrong. We were thinking last week about being robbed of our joy by circumstances, but actually it's in those circumstances that God can also give us peace. So we have peace with God, which is this mending of a broken relationship. He's gone to extraordinary lengths to offer that to us. We can accept that from him. We can take it from him those two becoming one, and then we can know his peace, that peace of God that comes, that Paul says in in Philippians 4, it passes all understanding, we can know it even when we should be anxious. But the third one is the one that I really want to think about today, and I think this is the one that that Paul's mainly thinking about, maybe the second one as well, but mainly thinking about when he's talking about the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians chapter 5, and it's this, it's peace with each other peace with each other god will work in us to help us to live at peace with each other that's where the the cartoon uh makes the point isn't it if you've got the inner peace you're supposed to have the outer peace with other people paul explains this in ephesians chapter two just let me read to you a few verses Um, jesus has brought about peace between different groups of people through the cross Uh, he says in verses 14 to 19 of chapter two he says He himself is our peace, who has made the two groups, one, and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. The two groups he's talking about are the Jews and the non-Jews, the Gentiles. He's destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two thus making peace and in one body to reconcile both of them to god through the cross by which he put to death their hostility he came and preached peace to you who were far away and preached peace to those who are near for through him we both have access to the father by the spirit Consequently you are no longer foreigners and strangers but fellow citizens with God's people and members of his household. The peace of God is bigger than just our peace with him and his peace in us. It leads to peace with each other. He brings people together. I'm sure you know something of this. I'm sure you do. I mean I'm not not giving you anything new this morning particularly but when you're away maybe you meet some new people maybe you're just out in town or maybe you're on holiday or wherever you are and you meet some new people and maybe you get chatting and you start to talk about this and you start to talk about that and somebody sort of maybe drops church or or Jesus or something into the conversation and you realize they're Christians and suddenly everything changes doesn't it there's this greater depth to the conversation there's this sense of peace between you you know what you're talking about there's somebody that you know has come to that point when they've accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior and it's an encouragement isn't it because God brings us to be at peace with each other so these three aspects of peace with God of God and with each other and that last one I just want to think about a little bit deeper and this is the question that I want to ask how do we learn to live at peace how do we learn to live at peace. Now we're going to turn to our reading. I'm sorry it's taken us a while to get there. In Romans chapter 14, that's what we're going to be thinking about for the rest of the sermon. We need to learn to live at peace with each other. What does that mean? That means we don't just do it. <laughs> we need to learn how to do it. We need to grow in it. That's why it's part of the fruit of the Spirit. It's something that needs to be a priority, something that we need to put time and effort into. And when it's not there, we need to think about why, what is the issue, what is the the problem we need to grow in living at peace with each other it's been given as we see in Ephesians 2 as I've just read Jesus has done the important bit and made it possible now we need to apply it to our lives and there are many things that will threaten it many things that will threaten it Um, it seems that the church in Rome this is what was happening things were threatening this peace which is why Paul writes these two chapters verses Uh, chapters 14 and 15 just a bit of background Um, Rome was the centre of the known world back then and would have been made up of different cultures all different baggage that they would come with all having learned different ways to live different cultures different uh, ways of doing certain things things that were important to them even without them realising it some of them and yet when they become Christians they're brought into the kingdom of God and all those things don't stop they come with all of that we all do, we come into the kingdom as the people that we are, don't we with the lives that we've lived of course we don't just stop I mean as far as our sin is concerned, we get a, it's wiped clean and we get a, a new slate but that's as far as our lives are concerned, we still come with with who we are as people and God wants to help us to grow in him. that's why we're looking at this through in these particular times in this lockdown time it's still an opportunity to continue to grow. To be more like Christ. That growing never stops. Whatever the circumstances, however old you are, it never stops. Because we need to keep learning. We need to learn the things that we need to be putting down that aren't helpful for us, that aren't good for us. We need to think about the things that are still okay for us, that we bring with us. And we need to think about the things we need to be picking up and we need to be doing. Now in the Roman church, food was a massive problem. Food, you might say, why? Why? Well, it's because it was an area where people had started to take sides. It became a problem because one person was on this side and one person was on this side. People were starting to claim their rights and say that they were right in particular situations. And others disagreed and said, no, I'm right. So Paul writes verses 1 to 3, just listen to this. He says, accept the one whose faith is weak without quarrelling over disputable matters one person's faith allows them to eat anything but another whose faith is weak eats only vegetables the one who eats everything must not treat with content the one who does not and the one who does not eat everything must not judge the one who does for God has accepted them you see Paul says the important thing is not the food they have thought it is the important thing is not the food, but how we act towards the other person. He goes on to show how the kingdom of God is not about asserting our rights as individuals, but seeking to live at peace with each other. So in our reading, verse 13, keeps going, and he says this, Therefore, let us stop passing judgment on one another. Instead, make up your mind not to put any stumbling block or obstacle In the way of a brother or sister. We should be looking out for each other. Helping each other. Not putting up barriers. Which is what was happening here. And this all leads up to verse 17. Where Paul says. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking. But of righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. There are lots of things that we will bring into the kingdom. It might not be food in our case, could be something else. Things that we need to think through and we need to deal with. The Christian life is one of transformation, growing in Jesus to be more like him. And Paul says don't get sidetracked by the minor issues, like food, which really isn't that important. Concentrate on the important things, which is righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Peace with each other is vitally important for the kingdom. So if an issue like food comes up, make sure it's dealt with righteously. With joy and peace as a priority. Because they are more important. You know, when you think about it, nearly all of the New Testament is about how to live as kingdom people. How to live as Christians. I said last week, you know, thankfully with joy, it's not just a list of, well, this is what you do and this is what you don't do. It's not just the uh, explicit stuff. That's there, clearly. But it's also examples of what other people did. We saw how Paul had that joy in Philippians chapter 1 last week. The the whole New Testament is there. We see it. We see it in Jesus, in the Gospels. We see it uh, through the, the epistles as Paul writes and different people write these things to help us to know How we can grow to be more like Jesus. That's really the point of it, isn't it? We need to grow. And peace has to be a high priority for us. It's not about my rights. not about me saying what I think is right all the time. It's learning to live at peace. He goes on to put it strongly in verses 19 to 21. Listen to this. Let us therefore make every effort... To do what leads to peace and mutual edification, that building up of other people. Do not destroy the work of God for the sake of food. All food is clean, but it's wrong for a person to eat anything that causes someone else to stumble. Listen to this, it's better not to eat meat or drink wine. Or do anything else that will cause your brother or sister to fall. You see what Paul's doing is working on the attitude of the one person towards the other. Forget about the food issue. You know, if you look at the other person and think this is somebody for whom Christ died, this is a, a, a brother in Christ, a sister in Christ, and they're struggling with this issue, I'm not going to eat meat in front of them. Isn't that great? <laughs> That's great. It's the attitude. Do not destroy the work of God you know the devil will seek to get in 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 the tiniest detail with things he will seek to pull us apart divide us over issues it's what happens when peace is not a priority rather than destroy the work of God stop doing something that you think will cause someone else to stumble it's having the antenna up isn't it and thinking how are other people going to take this You know, this is where the kingdom clashes with the world. It's not a rights-based kingdom. It's God's kingdom. And he tells us what is right. It's not asserting our rights, but doing what is right. You see the difference? And actually, you know, we have lots of freedom within the kingdom. We do. Paul in this chapter shows that. He says some will eat food and will be convinced and some won't. Uh, some will we'll all eat food, <laughs> some will eat meat and be convinced, some others won't eat meat and be convinced. But what he said, working out, be convinced in your own mind when it comes to one of these matters. Verse five, and then don't judge somebody who thinks differently. You know, it's interesting in this whole lockdown time, uh, one of the things that we uh, have been looking at is these webinars on the FIC website. and. Uh, uh, John Stevens, the director, has been talking about different things: how we can go, how we can move forward. He said, "Look, different churches are going to make different decisions about opening, when they open, how they open, what they do—all these different things." And he said, "The important thing is not to judge other churches. So, well, uh, you know, we're not—we're not doing what they've done, or you know, they should be doing what we're no." We've all got to look at our own situation and our own circumstances and think through. We've got a big risk assessment to fill out and to look at. We've got to make sure the building's safe until we're confident that that's the case. We're not going to open just because maybe somebody down the road has or whatever. And we're not going to judge them for opening. It's going to be different based on different things. It's not a gospel issue, is it? Whether we've opened the building or not. Or whether we open it a few weeks or a few months after somebody else. Don't judge someone who thinks differently. Now, you know, he's not talking here about teaching or theology. You know, he's not talking about the Trinity or the deity of Christ or whether Christ really died or whether he rose to life. Of course, these things are incredibly important. We're not going to say, oh, no, don't worry about that. You can believe what you want. No, you you can't. There's certain things in the kingdom, of course, teaching theology, which is incredibly important. And we need to be able to think through that. But we should still be able to think through that and talk about that in a peaceful way. He's talking about the baggage that we bring with us into the kingdom. Some will think one thing, some will think another. We've all been brought up in a certain way by certain people and we'll have things that we maybe don't even realise are very important to us. Live at peace. That's what Paul's saying. Don't destroy the work of God. You know, one of the best things about the church is that you get people from different backgrounds that are able to come together and have fellowship. Got those different cultures, they think differently about certain issues, respond differently to certain issues, and that we're able to come together in Christ because we think the same about Him. And that's the most important thing. So, what does it look like? What does this peace look like in our daily lives, in our church lives? And as we're out in the world as well, of course. That's important. Well, I think, you know, saying sorry is probably going to be quite high up there, isn't it? Uh, we're going to get things wrong, and we need to recognise that. And sometimes we may even have to say sorry when we haven't think we've done anything wrong, but somebody else thinks we have, or whatever. And just for the sake of peace, we, you know, we'll have to swallow our pride and say, okay, you know, I'm sorry. I, d- I d- didn't mean it like that. I, I apologise. So important. Such a powerful word. You know. I am um, <laughs> not proud of this at all. But I was I was on my bike. Uh, or I don't know, maybe a year ago, Uh, and I was on the inside of a car, and and it wanted to turn into a little parking space, and I was on the inside, and he started to pull in, and he nearly knocked me off my bike, Um, and I was so frustrated, because I hadn't seen his indicator, and he pulls in, and he winds his window down, and he starts shouting at me, and I started shouting back, I didn't see your indicator, and his wife saying, he had his indicator on, and the bloke saying, look, and I I was just being so stupid, so stupid, it was completely my fault, and I knew it was my fault deep down. I was just a bit shocked by what had happened. And you know what? I just, I just took a breath, and I just looked at him, and I just said, "I'm sorry, mate." And things changed just like. That. He said, "Oh, it's all right." He told me he was a cyclist, and you know, be on your way and have a good day, and all. That. You know, it, I was sorry. You know, I, I wasn't to start with. I was stupid. But then it all changed just with that word. I said, "I'm sorry." I knew it was my fault. Just didn't want to admit it. I didn't want it to have been my fault. You feel like that, don't you, with things? Sorry, it's got to be up there. It's got to be up there. We've got to be prepared to apologise if somebody else thinks we've done something wrong. You know, this is the priorities of the kingdom: righteousness, peace, joy. That we're talking about. Communication is important, isn't it? How we communicate, thinking before we speak. We don't want to just sort of say things and get ourselves into trouble with other people or uh, give them the wrong impression. Thinking before we speak is so important. In fact, communication full stop in this day and age, it's not just about what we say and how we say it. it it's, it's emails, it's tweets, it's text messages, it's WhatsApp. I mean, there's a, there's a whole list of things, isn't there? You know, they're probably all outdated. You're probably, if you're a bit younger, you're thinking of these different ways that you communicate rather than those ways. But we have to think about what we put on these things. We have to think about what it is that we show other people, what it is that we say to other people. You know, I'm sure we've all wanted to send emails saying, you know, ripping into somebody, but you've got to walk away. You've got to say, I'm not going to send that now. I'm going to think about that and I'm going to pray about that and I'm going to to come back to that later. Not every email, of course. I mean, if somebody wants a yes or no answer, then you don't have to think about it all day. But, But, you know, those ones that you know could be taken the wrong way need extra thought. They do. Because peace has got to be important picking up signs from people you know have, have we offended someone if we hurt somebody are we able to reach out to them if we do have a problem with somebody if we think somebody's hurt us doing that approaching that in a way that jesus told us to particularly matthew 18 thinking biblically about how we move forward because peace is important these are things that we have to think through aren't they and sometimes we need help with them we need to go to other people and we say this is an issue please can you help me righteousness joy and peace is the goal that's what the kingdom of god's about not the little issues not the minor things not the food eating and drinking righteousness doing what is right peace and joy in the holy spirit and you know another thing that we need and we need to grow into this i think is is empathy just trying to see the situation from somebody else's perspective that can change things a lot it really can we um We watched a series not long ago about a foster girl and uh, this foster girl uh, goes to uh, a new area uh, where she goes to an upright school you know they all do everything properly and they all get dressed properly Uh, and that's not her background at all but that's what they do and she goes and uh, she gets into a bit of trouble because she starts shearing too much and causing offence and the the, the children go home and tell the parents and the people parents are horrified at some of these things that are coming out of this girl's mouth and they're thinking right she needs to go we need to get her out of the school it's just not right we shouldn't have our children exposed to this sort of thing and you can see what they're thinking I mean it's put in a very judgmental way but you can see what they're thinking and how they're doing and then one person just simply says this you know for her to share things like that he says what has she been through and it just starts to change everything I mean of course she needs help she needs guidance she needs direction but she needs understanding and this guy is great it's a great part he just says what has she been through empathy why would she be sharing that stuff not to cause offense because she's been through things that other people haven't been through she's just sharing experiences empathy is important isn't it why are people doing that why are people saying that getting behind it not just oh well you know i know a bible verse that says that's wrong we want to help people to understand that, of course. But why in the first place? Empathy is so important, isn't it, when we're thinking about living at peace with each other, just trying to understand, trying to see what's going on. You know, people could have had a bad week, could have had a bad day, something's maybe going on in the background, illness of a family member or whatever. You know, I, I've shared a million times, I know I have, I'll do it again. I you know, drive down Brookhill Street and it winds me up when people don't wave and I have to remind myself, I don't know, you know they may have just come from the hospital. They're not, you know, they, they don't have to wave to say thank you. And that's what I try and do. I try to, you know, I don't know what their situation is. I don't know what's going on behind it. It doesn't matter. It's, it's just a, a silly little thing for me, but it does warm me up. How do we live at peace with each other? These are the things that we need to be thinking about, aren't they? As we, as we seek to help each other and as we seek to move forward. It's not about our rights that's that's about sin really asserting our own rights that's what sin is me first all about me when we come into the kingdom of god we we hang that up That's, that's gone now we need to start to live to be more like the lord jesus himself because actually he's the one who gave himself completely isn't he he's the one who left his rights and came read through philippians 2 and see what paul says about jesus and he says our attitude should be the same as his He came so that we could have that peace with God. He gave himself completely to us and for us so that we could have that peace with God, so that we could know that peace inside of us and so that peace could work itself out into others and we can live at peace with them. Let's pray together, shall we? Father, we thank you that we can be at peace with you. We thank you, for the cross we thank you for the Lord Jesus his complete and utter dedication to us Uh, we thank you that the offer of peace is right there on the table for anybody and everybody today if you're listening it's there for you that offer of peace know that you are a sinful person before a holy God but he has dealt with your sin and he will take it from you oh Lord have mercy we pray And we thank you that one of the things you give us is that peace of God. You come and you live in us by your spirit and you enable us to be at peace in different situations. And we thank you that that peace will work its way out into our relationships, into our lives, into our church, into the world. And we pray that that's what will happen. Help us to be thinking about this because it's so important, Lord, as Paul says here. It's a priority of the kingdom. So be with us, we pray, as we head into this next week. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Thank you again for listening. Let's sing again, shall we, to end this time together. God bless.